Evie Mae Gertz was registered blind at just a few months old. When her head started to swell a few months later, her 28-year-old mom demanded answers. At just eight months old, doctors discovered she had hydrocephalus, the buildup of fluid in the ventricles deep within the brain. The pressure inside her head was 32 times the normal level, and doctors warned that they could, uh, that they could help relieve the pain and buildup, the da- uh, but the damage to her brain was done. The continued pressure meant her sight was gone forever, and she'd likely never learn to walk and talk. Against all odds, not only did her sight return when she was a toddler, Evie May also learned to walk and talk. More than that, her hydrocephalus disappeared last year. Usually hydrocephalus is a condition which can't be cured, and you'll forever wear stints, which are the little hollow tubes that they surgically implant to let the fluid drain from her brain. Evie May is now thriving as a seven-year-old. She lives without stints, is at the top of her class, and can see perfectly fine without glasses. I know, right? Good morning, everybody. Morning online. Good to see you, too. It is great to be here. And I just want to say something that um, our great theologian that we all know, Peter Benedict, says every Sunday, and that is, Happy Sunday. Yes, he is, you know, we just be praying for him. He is on his last trip uh, with his uh, seminary students, seminary people. They went to Germany on a trip uh, that somebody funded for them within their cohort or whatever. So uh, we're just, he's posting a lot of good food that he's eaten over there. But uh, it's a great thing that he's able to do. So we just want to keep praying for him as he's over there and, and being safe and things. So it's great to be here this morning. And I have the privilege to kind of close out our series in the book of Psalms. We've been looking at Psalms uh, these past few weeks and how the Psalms can help us make it through the tough stuff that life throws our way. And so I get to do that today. And today we're going to look at the book of or the. Psalm chapter 2 is what we're going to look at. If you have your Bible, uh, awesome. We encourage you to bring Bibles. You just open it up to the middle. You turn left about 100 pages, and you're in the book of Psalms. Okay? Uh, Or you can click on your Bible app, and there you are. Yep, she's got it right there. Or just look on the screen. That's fine, too. Either way, it's great that we're getting in the Word today. I look forward to that. Psalm 2 is only about 12 verses. So we're going to be here for a long time, maybe two, three hours. It's raining. You got nothing to do, right? So we're going to be here while, no, it's 12 verses, but it's jam-packed with insight into how events in our life can progress from turmoil to blessing, especially when we say yes to Jesus, uh, who is God's chosen king. So Evie May and her mom experienced years worth of turmoil. Years worth of turmoil throughout this whole ordeal. Uh, They had ups and downs, but ultimately, blessing. And every one of us, at some point, will experience turmoil in our lives, right? And maybe some of you are going through that today. Strife, all these things that are happening, unrest in your life. But turmoil is something no one wants to go through, but blessing is something everyone desires to have. Let me pray for us this morning as we open up God's word. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. 
fill this place this morning. God, I just pray. I just, I just see a picture of stuff being thrown off of us from the week, the things that weigh us down. God, just I see you cutting that stuff off so that we could hear your word, that we can experience you. God, penetrate our hearts today. Help us to experience your word. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I read through Psalm chapter 2, we're going to stop every once in a while to share some insights. So we're going we're gonna to start in Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. We're going to stop there for a second. Psalm 2 is a royal psalm. It not only is talking about King David and King David wrote this psalm, but it's also about Jesus as God's anointed son about 950 years later. If we do fast forward, you ever seen those movies where you fast forward, you're in, then you fast forward and come back? Isn't that annoying? Well, guess what? Might be annoying today. No, it's, this is great stuff. So we fast forward to the New Testament. We've, in Acts chapter 4, it says this. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Sound familiar? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Interesting how those seem very, very close to one another. And this is really establishing for us that David and Jesus were anointed by God to carry out his work on earth. Also, that means that the Holy Spirit empowered them to do what God had called them to do. And what's great is David said yes to God. Now, David had seven older brothers. He's out in the field. He comes back from the field. You're anointed king. Huh? But he said yes. David said yes to it. And when we say yes to Jesus, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do exactly what Ephesians 5.1 says, and that's be imitators of God. Taking on an identity that reflects who Jesus is. This, psalm, this part of the psalm also tells us that people stood up to authority. People stood up to the authority of God and plotted against him and, and conspired against him, which means for us that the people, there's people out there that may come up against you and your beliefs in Jesus. But I want to read on in, in chapter 2 because we're going to talk about what God says about that. In verse 4, it says this in Psalm 2. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. And the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. To put that in layman's terms into today's terms, God is basically saying, do you really want to go there? Do you know who I am? In fact, verse 6 is a prophecy that was fulfilled in the New Testament. Jesus was beaten. He had a robe put on him. He carried a cross to the place that he was going to be put on it. 
And then they ripped the robe off him. They laid him on the cross. And as the Romans nailed him to the cross, said this in Matthew 27, 37. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. What this brings to light for us is that God is presenting in Psalm 2 someone who is to come that would be even greater than King David. God installed him. When Jesus rose from the dead, he installed him on Zion. And we know him to be Jesus. Friends, God is watching over you. He is telling you that people will come up against you. But hey, don't fear. Don't worry. I got your back. I got your back. With Jesus, with God, who do we need to fear? Psalm chapter 2, starting in verse 7. I will proclaim the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. This is yet another prophecy fulfilled in the New Testament. Fast forward um, to Acts chapter 13 says this, and now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. Interesting, that, those aren't my words. That's what the Bible says. Psalm 2, we're going all the way back, a thousand years. It says this, you are my son. Today I have become your father. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. This shows us the only way to God is through Jesus. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is how we say yes to Jesus. This is the beginning of how we say yes to Jesus. Now, the last section in Psalm 2, in verse 10, says this, Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry and, you, and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Four instructions. There at the end, given to us. Number one is be wise. Be wise. Think about things. Think about God desires for us to think it through. And what does that mean? What does it mean with our relationship with Jesus? What does that look like? What does it mean for you to follow him? What does that look like to you? He wants us to be wise in what we do, what we say, how we act. The second thing is be warned. There are always consequences and blessings for our choices, right? Always. Um, God wants us to choose his way. My daughter uh, plays volleyball for Lakeville North High School. And every year we have a meeting, a parent meeting at the beginning with, with the players. And we're sitting in this meeting and it's every year. It's one of those meetings where you're like, can we move it along, please? Can you just have this meeting with all the new players that are coming in? We're just... But every year she stresses, if you 
do drugs, vape, alcohol, on social media, you may be released from the team, the program. It's like, whoa, released from the program. Because she wants her players to make good choices. It's not about volleyball. It's about life. It's making good choices. Because each player is valuable to the team that they're chosen to play on. Guys, here's the thing. You are valuable to God's team. He desires you to be on his team. He created you to be on his team. He wants you to do things that he's created you to do. You are valuable to his team. The third thing, the third instruction is serve the Lord. Serve the Lord, it's, it's like a sign of submission. It's, and it's submission in a good way because when you receive Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus and you start to grow closer and closer to him, you start to do things that you start to feel and do things that you, that you aren't normally doing, but you're, you're going away from the old stuff and doing what God wants you to do. And when we serve the Lord, it's, it's a sign of saying yes to what God has for us. And then the last instruction is kiss his son. That sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? Kiss his son. Basically it's saying embrace him fully. Just fully embrace who Jesus is. And don't be ashamed of it. Matthew 10, 27 says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the rooftops. He's saying, basically, he's telling everybody, tell everybody what God has done for you. Tell him what your purpose is and who gave you that purpose. Shout it. Tell people. Don't be afraid to say what is going on and what God is doing. Psalm 2 is a great picture of the road to life that God offers through King Jesus. And if you read through it, Psalm 2 can be, it seems like the progression can be from turmoil to blessing for those who believe, destruction to redemption, death to life. So what does that have to do with you today? You are chosen by God. When you say yes to Jesus, guys, you're royalty. Understand that. That is hard to believe. We see Prince Harry and all these they're going through a lot of junk. No thanks. I don't want to be royalty. But God is something different for you. You are royalty. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into the light. You, we, are a part of the fulfillment of the prophecy in verse 12 that says, blessed, blessed are those who take refuge in him. And take refuge can mean many things, rest, shelter, protection, peace, love, and the list goes on and on. And maybe now, right now, you find yourself at a pivotal point in your life. How do you see yourself progressing from turmoil to blessing, from darkness into light? How do you see yourself doing that? Maybe, maybe you received Jesus today for the first time. Maybe you come back to the family today. And what I mean by that is maybe you've kind of been hurt by church. You've been hurt by things in the church. You've been hurt by other people. So you've distanced yourself. 
And maybe today God is saying to you, come back to the family. Guys, I want to tell you, River Heights, man, we love you. We really care about you. Maybe you re-engage your relationship with Jesus today. Maybe you're like, I hear a lot of people say, man, God, God just isn't with me. God is, God's far away from me. Ah, that's not true. That's the enemy feeding you a lie. Because God says in his word that he is, he is with you always. He is always with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you, which means he doesn't turn from you. He turns towards you and grabs you. He wants to love on you. Re-engage your relationship with Jesus today. Come back to Jesus. He's there for you. He's there for me too. And maybe, maybe you're an old timer in the, uh, in the faith. You've been around the block a few times as a believer. But maybe, maybe you, maybe you step up into something different. Maybe you step into, up into something more in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe he's been nagging at you. He's been knocking on your door for a while, and you've been shutting it. Maybe it's time to open the door. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I guarantee you this, that because of verse 12, you'll be blessed. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Guys, you'll be blessed, and you'll be a blessing to other people. Now, will it be a, will it be a, a smooth road? No, no, no. But it can be smoother than maybe what you're going through now. Will it be easy? Nope. Sorry. Wish it would be. But it could be easier knowing that the Holy Spirit's got your back. The same Holy Spirit who anointed David and Jesus is anointing us as well. Will it be cotton candy and unicorns and happiness all the time? No, but you could have joy, which is confidence in knowing that God is there for you all the time. I love the song that we sang today about Jesus, who Jesus is, because we talk about King Jesus. And when we say yes to King Jesus, what can Jesus do for you? Give you power over fear. Second Timothy says, God does not give you spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Jesus can give you peace that maybe you've never experienced before. You're going through something and you normally are freaking out about, and you're just calm. You're peace. It's peace within you, and Jesus gives you that. He can give you passion and fire with the gifts that he gives you through the Holy Spirit. He can give you life. Jesus says in John 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He can give you satisfaction. And maybe right now, you're looking for satisfaction in people, but really it's only God that can give you the true satisfaction you really need. Jesus can give you strength to do something that you didn't think you could ever do. If I could have the worship team come back up. Guys, I want to tell you a story, just a little brief story about King Jesus and what he's doing in my life. Because some people would think that what's happening in my life is crazy. Because it's going through, I, I, you know, going through all these things, and like that just describes what, what, what's happening because we go through stuff. But what's amazing is that 
my, well, it's amazing to me. My wife and I, my wife Chris and I, along with about 33 other people, are planning a church out of River Heights. It's called Refuge Vineyard Church. I didn't, I didn't make the name. I didn't come up with the name. In fact, that wasn't even one of the names I came up with to vote on. But our team voted that. It's amazing. It's a refuge where people can come and receive rest. They can be renewed in who they are in Christ. They can go out and reach out to people. And what's interesting is when we think of church plant, what does that really mean? River Heights, awesome. We love this church. It's a fantastic church. River Heights can only reach out so far. Now, I could do a little thing up here, but I'm not going to. But if I can only reach out this far. But if I were to ask these guys up in front and we went from one end to the other, we could reach all across the stage. And that's what we're trying to do. River Heights is here reaching out to West St. Paul, South St. Paul, Inver Grove, maybe Cottage Grove. It's across the river, though, so we don't really count them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's not an Iowa joke, but it's, I thought about that, too. So, but really, what we're doing is we're extending. River Heights is extending. We're going to be in South, the South Metro. So Apple Valley, uh, Farmington, Lakeville and Rosemount area in that area. We're going to be down that way because now our, now our reach is even further. We're reaching out with people to help them understand who they are in Christ so they can become everything God's called them to be. And then that's one of our goals is to reach out then and plant more churches and plant and extend, be an extension of River Heights. So we're a daughter church of River Heights. So we're super excited about that. And we want to plant those churches. You guys, I've been in ministry for over 25 years I've been a part of six different denominations as a youth pastor because I just want people to understand who Jesus is. That's who I am. But we've been through a lot of turmoil in these past few years and seeing God move. And, and I say we're crazy because, guys, to plant a church at 50, that's, yeah. I'm not young anymore. But I'm excited. I'm super stoked. But see, that's the thing is when we receive Jesus and we say yes to who Jesus is, that's what happens. He helps us do things we never thought we could do before. So what he helped King David do as a kid, and then he grew up as, as a king, and then Jesus, oh my goodness, guys, the sky's the limit. And Chris and I feel honored, and our team actually feels honored to be used by God to build up, to help build the kingdom of God and join with God in doing that. Now, may, you know, you may not be called to plant a church or be a king or a queen, but I'll tell you this, God does want you to help him build up his kingdom. He wants his kids to, that's what I love about the vineyard. Everybody gets to play, and that's exactly what God wants us all to do. He wants us all to play. He wants us all to get in and build up the kingdom. And when you say yes to Jesus, you're giving yourself an opportunity to go from turmoil to blessing and be a blessing. Let me pray for us this morning. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and we just say thank you for our time here together this morning. God, help us realize and understand who we are. Show us our purpose. Thank you for your anointing of kingship on David, Jesus, and anointing us as royalty as well. God, I just pray that we are not burdened by royalty, but God, we just lift your name up and we just grow closer and closer to you and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you want to stand with me this morning, if you're able, that'd be great. I want to run through some tips with you this morning. I really like this part of our sermons because it helps us, give, it gives framework for the week and maybe to help us how we can, you know, do devotions or, or just live a little bit differently. But the first thing is to read Psalm 2. Just read through it. It's 12 verses and see the progression maybe from turmoil to blessing and what that looks like for you. The second tip is pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal what your relationship with Jesus looks like. What does that even look like anymore? Maybe you're new to that and you're like, I have no clue. And maybe you're a veteran in the, in the faith and you're like, oh, what is it now? I don't even know. The third thing is make a decision about what your yes to Jesus looks like and stick with it. Don't let it be a two-week deal and go, oh, I'm going back to what I used to do before. In fact, when I was a, a youth pastor, I would have families come in and say, well, my son, my daughter, they don't really want to be in youth group, but we're here to test it out. And I go, well, if you're here to test it out, they're not going to like it. And they look at me like, what? I go, here, do this. So I challenged them. I said, I give you, give us four weeks, four weeks in a row, and you have to engage. You can't sit in the back and sleep, but you have to engage with what's going on. In 25 years, I've never had a kid leave youth group. I'm not tooting my own horn because it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with me. It's everything in who Jesus is, and they found their identity in who Jesus is, and then they're able to do that, but they also had people around them helping them do that. So I would encourage you, make the decision, stick with it, and then surround yourself with people that can help you do that. Can I have the prayer team come up? I know we've got some Sockham students in here. I'm calling you out, yes. No, but we have, guys, I wanna encourage you to come up for prayer this morning. Maybe you're at that pivotal point in your life, like what am I gonna do? Who am I? See, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in your faith. You're somewhere. So come up, receive prayer this morning. I just wanna encourage you that nobody, nobody, I'm just gonna say this. We care and we don't care all at the same time. We care that you come up for prayer. We don't care that you are coming up for prayer because what happens is people are praying for you as you come up for prayer. So don't be embarrassed is what I'm saying to come up for prayer. God wants to do some awesome things through you. And he's, he's helped these people just develop an awesome prayer ministry that he can speak through them to you and help you with that. Now, if you need prayer for anything else, guys, we believe there's healing in all aspects of life physical, mental, relational, all those things. Come up and receive prayer for whatever you need prayer for because we want to do that this morning for you. The worship team is going to sing another song and then they're going to dismiss you at the end. God bless you guys.